welcome to another episode of Bitter and Jaded. I'm your host, Joshua Scott, and today I have with me the wind beneath my Gundam wing, my friend Taz. What's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, dude? I love it. That was so great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I told my wife about it, and she was like, that... Uh, I was like, yeah, we going. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Let's go. Yeah, man. So tell people a little bit about yourself. All right. So my name is Taz. I run the Plamo Therapist YouTube page. I'm going to be the most outgoing introvert you'll ever meet. <laughs> and I'll be your hype man. I don't care what you're up to. If you got something you're pumped about, get me pumped about it too. Because I love supporting people. You know, <laughs> I'm all about helping people. I'm all about just, you know, just being that guy that's just like yeah do it you want to do something let's go how do we make it work yeah man i love that i love that actually you're in a you're in the same gundam group as i am on facebook and you would post a video and i was like this guy right here seems so genuine i gotta at least shoot my shot and see what he's doing man oh, <laughs> wait which group which group ah uh, you know what i'm into like five or six of them and you had posted uh, the, the the nippers video you did like a review of it and I was like, yeah. well, I clicked that, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I clicked like seven or eight more videos, and I'm like, oh, this guy's just so nice. He's just so nice, and I love a nice person. <laughs> so uh, you, much like myself, you're getting out there with a passion project. You know, you got this YouTube oh, channel. Yeah. You are the Plamo Therapist. So tell people a little bit yep. about it. Okay, so Plamo Therapist was kind of like this weird brainchild I had of mine while taking my little dog on a walk. I was thinking, you know, like, what's something fun that I can kind of do, you know? And this is kind of like in the middle of, you know, the whole lockdown and just not being able to really go out and like even taking my dog to the park, you know, police are like looking at the park like, hey, you can't have your dog out here. I'm like, look, look, she just, she just needs to burn off some energy. Can I just like throw the ball a couple times and leave? And he's like, no, you got to go. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. So. <laughs> trying to look for something to do something that i can kind of you know build a little bit extra, extra income on the side but still try to help people in a way and do something that i enjoy and kind of i kind of thought about it and just like oh i love plastic model kits you know and then i started thinking like maybe i can stream that and you know get into streaming and watch people sit around and build and we can chat and things like that and <laughs> you know kind of doing a lot of the research it's just like you know people it's it's hard nowadays to get found on a stream and so I was like, okay, so what? What's okay? What's another thing? How can I make, still make this work? And then it came to where I was like, oh, YouTube, I can make videos and things like that. And so my idea then turned into like, you know, how can I teach people to really use these Gundam or plastic model kits? Because there's more than just Gundam. Yeah. And how can I tie in the mental health aspect of it? And I just started thinking about it. And I'm just like, well, what do I do when I build Gundam? And I'm just like, oh man, just like that feeling of just creating something and on top of like all the other things that you know i've learned throughout my history of like studying mental health and going through the program and everything it's just like oh this is totally something i can do a channel <laughs> on so started looking at doing some research and then just like i came across one video just like you know what don't don't do research you're done already done doing the research press record get that first video out there yeah. and then you know, November 2nd rolled around, I released my first video, and it's been kind of a fun ride from there. <laughs> oh, so you've only been doing it since November. That's that's not bad, Since November, okay. November 2nd was when the first video went live. Oh, man, that's so cool. So what is, like, your main goal for, like, doing this project? Is just to, like, so, help people, or? Yeah, and really just, like, you know, like, kind of being the voice of, you know, someone who I wish I had when I kind of got back into it, you know. um, I started, I started building when I was a kid. And, you know, I was building in like elementary school, middle school, you know, I got my first kit from somebody that um, gave it to me as a gift. But when I got back into it later on, and as I was going through my master's degree program and things like that, you know, 
I was just like, I was so lost as far as how to build it, you know, and I just, I just trialed and errored everything that I had. I, you know, I didn't watch any videos. I just kind of like, oh, let's try this, you know. Oh, talking to the guys at the shop, like, oh, here, you can use these to clean it up and make it look a little bit cleaner. You can use this to make it look a little bit shinier, things like that. So it's just kind of like, I wanted to be the voice of the the guy that's like, hey, you know, you're just starting. Great. I'm glad you're starting. Let's get you going so that you can get better than me. And then you can teach me something. And so <laughs> that's kind of the idea behind, like, that's kind of part of it where I wanted to get people into the hobby. But then as they get into the hobby, show them like, hey, you're doing this wonderful thing. And I want to show you how you can take that thing that you're doing and get even more out of it, you know, how you can benefit your mental health side of it, because as much fun as it is creating, like people don't realize it, but it's also a form of therapy in a, in a way. And so I kind of wanted to bring that about. But in starting the channel, not everyone's going to be like, hey, you should go talk to a therapist. And I was going to be like, no, 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 no. I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to see a therapist. But as I start to grow the channel and kind of get more people kind of seeing like, oh, hey, you know, this guy's just kind of doing his thing and whatnot, you know, I could talk to people and let them know like, hey, while you're doing this, try these things and you can get, you know, more out of it. Focus on your mental health and you'll have more fun with it and you'll enjoy it a little bit more. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. See, I love that because I uh, I'm actually pretty like new to the actual gunpla side of it, but I've been building models for years um, and there's something about. I don't know. I don't know if everyone gets it, but like there's something about sitting there with like nothing and then at the end you have something. And it's just like it's a little accomplishment. And like at first, you know, I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And now I'm like, this is what I do to like fix things. So every episode, every single episode that I've I've uh, edited on this show, I've been building Gundams <laughs> because it <laughs> allows me to focus, but also I can put it down and work on this. And then like, it, it, it takes me a while to build stuff sometimes, but you know, it, it keeps my mind focused and sharp. And like, that's the benefit I get. What other kind of benefits, like mental health benefits are there besides that? Cause that is me. That's my, this is my thing that I've done. Congrats, Josh. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that, in, in that, there's actually two things that you can get out of it. So number one is that idea of creation, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, you need your artistic expression. I'm like, nah, for the guys, it's your creative freedom. You have the freedom to create something amazing from basically nothing. You know, a pile of plastic now becomes this cool mecha robot that you can pose and yeah. pretend it's fighting other mecha robots. And it's just like the crazy coolest thing. So that's one aspect. You get that creative freedom of it. But the side that you mentioned about being able to focus, you know, that's actually a form of therapy that I learned going through my master's program. And it's the idea of focusing your attention on the present moment. And how that works is basically just if you can take all of your thought and all of your focusing, your process, your entire brain and just focus it on one thing, which is the model kit in front of you, or just maybe even if you're like painting or even just any sort of hobby, really, if you can focus all of your attention on that one thing, you know, that stress that's happening throughout the day, the things that you're worried about, the things that are bothering you, you know, it, it, it leaves your brain because you're focused on this one thing. And that literal mental break that you get from worried about all the stress and all the anxiety and all the things that have built up gives you that moment for your brain to just relax a little bit. And then when you finish, you put it down, you go back to the real world. You're like, oh, okay. I feel a little bit more ready to take on whatever I got to take on. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I didn't realize it was like an actual thing, um, but it's yeah. just like a benefit that I, I've kind of had from all of my weird hobbies. Just like the same thing with like video games and stuff like that. You know, it takes you away from your day to day 
And like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's like magic, man. Like I'll be having a bad day and then I'll be, I'll be back here and I'll focus on something. And then like, I'm good. It's weird. <laughs> and then, you know, like the other side of it too, is, you know, like you mentioned being part of like all the gunfoot groups, you get to share it with people and people can jazz you up. Like, yo, that looks cool. Yeah, oh, how stoked. did you do that? No? <laughs> yeah. You just pump each other up and then you go back you see somebody do something amazing and you're like, oh, I got to go back and do that. Yeah. And then you pump yourself up and you share it out and you pump somebody else up. And it's just this chain of just pumping each other up and just building kits and having fun and having a great time yeah man so what's the response been like to these videos been good bad it's honestly all been kind of positive you know i've i've received some criticisms but again you know it's like i can choose to get bitter or i can choose to get better yeah and so people who criticize my videos like yo your sound is like janky fix it i'm like hey thanks for letting me know you're helping me to get better great if you want to come back and let me know if my sound sounds better the next video i'd love to hear it and i've actually had a comment like that with guys like hey turn your music down you're blowing our eardrums out i'm like hey thanks for the feedback and then a couple of videos later he's like hey remember a couple of videos i mentioned your sound much better and dude thank- yeah, I'm like, yeah! <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome you yeah. never hear anything good coming from the internet nowadays <laughs> yeah and so you know like even if someone comes up uh, with a comment of just straight hate you know i know it's not it's not a reflection of me. I understand it's a reflection of their own feelings. And, you know, it's not something that I take personally. And this comes from just me working in the mental health field. It's just you start to learn to not take things personally and that they're not attacking you. They're either projecting their own insecurities out on you or it's something else inside that's bothering them that they don't know how to get out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's cool, man. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so, so stoked to hear that you're saying that people were really cool. Like I was all I, like. You know, when I first put out my first episode, I was so nervous. I was like, oh, my God, people are going to think I sound like an idiot. People are going to think I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm mumbling and this, that, and the other. And most people, uh, 75% of people were like, that was good. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, you know, it's just, okay, just like you said, don't get better, get better, man. Absolutely. (laughs) So, for the uninitiated, uh, what exactly is Gunpla? Like, what is it that we we do? Because, see, I got... I mentioned it like, oh, I like to build model kits, but I never tell people exactly what it is because I don't want them to do that eye roll walk away thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for the uninitiated, Gunpla is actually a combination of two words, which is Gundam and Plamo. And Plamo is actually a combination of two other words, which is plastic model kits. <laughs> so in essence, Gunpla is Gundam plastic model kits rolled into one beautiful word that rolls right off the tongue, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so... Gundam, for those who don't know what Gundam are, it was actually like these mecha robots that were um, that came from an anime called Mobile Suit Gundam. And the idea was that, you know, at the time when it was released, and this is just information that I've kind of heard. It's not, I don't know if this is real or not, but this is what I've heard, was that in a time where the big thing was giant robots fighting giant monsters over the cityscapes and big destruction and things like that, um, the creators of Gundam wanted to take the idea of these mechanized robots and take it from being... Like this fantasy thing fighting giant monsters into this idea of what if these were used by military units? What if this was used as part of like um, like armies and things like that? And so the idea is it, it kind of takes it away from that fantasy and brings it a little bit of a real world feel to it. Mm-hmm. And so the gun um, mobile suits that they use are like, the, like we said, these giant robots that um, are piloted by one person. And ultimately, it's the idea that like. In the future, it's going to be these giant robots fighting as opposed to, you know, like the tanks or the airplanes that we see, you know, and like a lot of the modern units today. Yeah. And so and that's kind of where the Gundam side is. And when Plastic Model came in was the idea that like, hey, when you look at 
like a lot of shows and things like that that talk about armies and whatnot. We have like these miniature models for army things like tanks and airplanes. Why don't we do the same thing for our mobile suits and our anime? And that's kind of how the gunplow was born. <laughs> and it's taking the world by storm, man. You know, it's it's everywhere. There people don't think like you know like how many there really are, but God, there's got to be billions of them. And uh, <laughs> and they're so popular like um overseas that you know it, it's like like a religion basically. <laughs> you know, but there's gun there's, <laughs> there's like a Gundam restaurants and crap over there because it's so it's such a cool fun rad thing. You know, so how long have you been into it? So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I started when I was a kid, like, um, I got my first kit when I, I was, I believe I had to have been like in elementary school because, um, my grandparents had an exchange student from Japan and, you know, we took him around to teaching him different English words and practicing English with him. And he, I think he was going to college at the time. And when he left, he went back to Japan as a thank you. He sent me uh, my first Gundam classic model kit. And it was from Gundam wing because I told him I was watching that show Gundam yeah. at the time. And it was the um, Shedlong Gundam, which is the one with that, that giant, cool dragon claw. Yeah, you know. Same. And so it was. I he gave it to me, and me at, at elementary school time, I'm like, okay, cool, it's a plastic model kit, and it came on all these runners. I'm like, what? So I literally, and this might hurt a lot of Gundam uh, Gunpla people, <laughs> but I literally just took the pieces and I snapped them off the runners oh. with my bare hands. <laughs> And, oh, I didn't know any better. I was in elementary school and I've never built a model kit before. And so I just snapped it off the runners and I just put it together looking at the pictures. I didn't understand Japanese at the time, you know, and the entire um, manual was in Japanese. So I just looked at the pictures. There was letter, number. Okay, grab, break that piece off. Letter, number, break that piece off, put it together. And I had this model kit. It, it wasn't beautiful. It had yeah. nub marks everywhere. It had like extra pieces of plastic and I even broke a couple pieces, but I was so happy with it. I was so <laughs> proud. Was like, oh my God, it's so cool that. When my grandma's like, oh, he's calling. Do you want to thank him for the kid? I'm like, hey, can you send me another one? <laughs> and I was like, you don't ask him that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and so after that, I got to model kits, and I started building them through middle school. And then I stopped for a little while because I got into high school doing other things and whatnot. But then um, it was about, I'm going to say it was like 2017, right around when I started my master's program. I was walking through the mall one day, and I'm like, oh, that's the kit that I wanted. That's the kit that I wanted. So I, I walked into the store. I bought it and walked out, and then. Have been, I've been kind of on and off building throughout my master's program, but then when COVID hit and we're all locked down, I was like, hey, I could take some time to really focus in on my model kit. So I yeah. started building. So um, Some of the kits that I bought were kind of the um, high grades, but the ones that I really got into were the master grades, which are a little bit bigger, a little bit more detailed and things like that. So that's how I kind of went from just kind of dabbling in it to really just like going like head, head like just diving in, like going straight to the bottom and just like, okay. I'm in it. Let's go. <laughs> so what, if you don't mind me asking, what was that kit that you were freaking out about? Like, oh my God, that's the kit I wanted. Do you remember which one it was? So the kit, I actually have it. It's right up there on my shelf. It was the um, Gundam Heavy Arms from the Endless Vault. So yeah, it was the, sick. <laughs> yeah. And so um, this was actually, it wasn't the Master Grade. It was the 1-100 scale. So if you don't know anything about the Gundam scales, basically they have different grades, right? And so um, they have like the super deformed, which are like these little, little cute ones. They call the SD kit. So they're kind of like little chibi characters. If you know anything about the like, Japanese, they're oh. like really the cute ones. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the high grades, which are, or sorry, they have the high grades, which are kind of more like what has been sort of the entry into the hobby, which were kind of like they're smaller. They're um, a smaller scale. So the pieces are a little bit smaller, but they're a little bit simpler. They don't have very detailed inner parts, but still a fun build and still look good when you snap them all together. And then. 
recently they released entry grades, which are a little bit simpler than that. I haven't built an entry grade, so I'm not too familiar with it. That, but uh, that high- new RX 78 entry grade, boy, I cannot yeah. recommend enough. You could literally build it and whip it at a wall, and it's fine. <laughs> and it's eight dollars. Well, I have, I have a fun, I have a fun idea for. That. I actually have one. I haven't built it yet because I have a crazy fun idea for that build. You oh, know, and fuck. we could talk about it a little bit later. But like my idea with that one was, I was gonna um, take out the runners, put it down on the table, give a good look at it, put on a blindfold, and see what I can come up with. Oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta see that. You gotta do that. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, like going, like kind of just still getting all my videos out. Still, like I'm, I'm still new because, like I said, I started back in November. But you know, I still have some fun ideas as far as what videos I want to do. And so right now, I'm finishing up like my really like okay, if I went hardcore on a build and I put all my effort into it, what can I come up with? So just yeah. kind of like my test of my ability at this point. And so yeah. once that finishes up, it frees me up to do a little bit more fun stuff. I think that's one of the ones that I really wanted to do because <laughs> so sick. Uh, I, I can already I can already see it going very bad, but also I can already see it kind of going a little bit okay. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. good. I don't think it's going to be good, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> It'll probably look better than that one that uh, you just ripped all the pieces off like a some sort of barbarian. <laughs> I know, but like I said, I was like in elementary school, I didn't know any better. But now that like, again, when I got back into the hobby, you know, you get the tools, you start to learn it and things like that. And so, again, kind of coming back to the idea of my channel, I was like, hey, you're just starting. Great. Here are some things that I've done before. Here are some things that I've learned. Here are some mistakes that I've made. Don't don't be like me. You know, do it this way and it might help you and things like that. And so that's kind of like the idea of the tutorial side of like the um, videos that I've been making. And so I just kind of like helping it. Hey, you're getting started. Great. Let me help you to get to a point where, you know, you can be really proud of the things that you have. Or if you're already proud of it, hey, here's some things to make it look a little bit better. Some things that I found like worked for me and if it works for you. You know, great. If it doesn't work, hey, that's fine too. Share out what you've learned. And if I can do it and I can replicate it and I can share it back out, I'd love to do that too. Because ultimately, it's all about everybody getting better, not just me getting better than you or things like that. I would, I would honestly want everyone else to get better than me because then that means I have everything to learn. Yeah, love that, man. I love that. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt the uh, the the grade conversation with my super yeah. love for this dumb RX 78 that I bought two of now. And I'm thinking about getting another one. Um, you were also talking about the, uh, the, the, after you do the, uh, the entry grade, then there's the high grade. And then there's the master yeah. grade and perfect grade. Which one of these yeah. do you, uh, what do you prefer to build, man? Are you one of those crazy perfect graders, man? I don't mess with that. <laughs> I, I, I haven't bought my first perfect grade yet, but I already have my eyes on it. And it's funny because it was at a store, the store that I bought my first kit getting back into it. They had that perfect grade up on the shelf. And I'd go into the store and be like, ah, that looks really good. And I went back at the time. I'm like, how much is it? Ah, that's not a bad price. And I go back in again and I'm like, how much was it again? Ah, I really want it. Then I go back and it's gone. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, it's gone it's gone forever but you know i could still buy it online but the problem is just like you know living out here in hawaii it's just it's everything is so expensive to ship out here yeah so it's just okay well i have to wait until you know i clear out some of the model kits that i already have build some of the other ones that i have so then i can feel like i'm ready for a perfect grade and you know people think like oh it's perfect grade you have to be a professional to build it I'm like no you know you just if you can cut pieces off the runners you can build whatever you want just follow the manual you'll be fine but yeah. i think some of it also does come down to, you know, like if you break something or if things aren't quite working out, how can you kind of troubleshoot? And I think that's kind of where people get a little bit hung up too, as far as moving up to the slightly harder ones. But I mean, if you've built a high grade, 
you know, you're ready for anything else. You yeah. know how to read the manual. You know how to cut pieces off. You can build it. It's just fine. And if you're if you're fine with nubs on your your pieces, that's fine too. Whatever you're happy with, as long as you're proud of what you created, that's the most important part. Because it doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what you think. It's your model kit. You do what you want with it. Exactly. Exactly. I uh, I come from the more of the Warhammer side of uh, model kits before I started doing any of the Gumpla stuff. And uh, there's a difference. Uh, so in the groups that we are part of, they are very welcoming. They, they're they not yelling at you for this. Not yelling at any Warhammer group, man, they'll call out your mold lines. They'll call out your nub marks. They'll call out the, the wrong shade of color and all this other stuff. And the community is welcoming, but they are so hypercritical about it. And I think it scares people away. And so, like, you know, I was nervous when I first started, um, you know, um, doing Gundams. Cause I, well, at first I was like, I didn't know how cool it was, but I wanted to build a model. And I was like, well, I always hear about this. You know, maybe I'll give it a shot. And for some reason, I bought a, a real grade. That was my first kit I ever built. And uh, I was like, holy crap. If I hadn't built that real grade, I probably wouldn't have <laughs> wouldn't even have this insane backlog that's over here. Um, but it was like I was like, oh my god! And my, my wife, she's she's so lovely. Um, she, she was like the whole time I would do something, I'd be like, Jenna, look, look, when you do this, the leg moves, and this piece in the middle moves. It's like magic, you know. She was like, I know, I get it. And like every time I put something together, I was like, look at it, and I was like completely hooked, you know. It, it, it yeah. if you build models out there, you've never tried one of these things. It's it's on a whole nother level. Like the details are there with the, the Warhammer stuff or whatever, but like you have no idea the engineering that goes into some of this stuff. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so I got into a little bit of Warhammer a little bit because what I wanted is I wanted to learn a little bit of like that real fine detail painting because back when I was um, getting into more into the hobby, I bought an airbrush that so can paint my model kits. But then I was like, oh, I want to paint these little details by hand, but like I, I don't know how to do it. And so mm. I kind of got into a little bit of the Warhammer community. Um, I painted a couple like um of the miniatures here and there but then as soon as i felt like i was comfortable i jumped right back to the gundam and take all the things that i've learned and went right back to building that gundam and so like you know going back to the real grades you talked about and um kind of talking a little bit more about the grades real grades are basically master grades but in the smaller scale they have a lot of the details they have a lot of like the inner frame workings that you won't see on a high grade so they're like a mesh between a high grade and a master grade in like kind of right in the middle and i feel like a lot of people see the real grades and they're just like oh those things are super cool because it has the detail of it mm. of the master grades but doesn't take up as much space especially if you you know a lot of people live in smaller areas and if they don't have a lot of space to display them you know that little extra detail in a smaller package is really fun mm. yeah and yeah. so taking that detail painting and being able to paint it on those little real grade kits was like super fun and you know something that i'm looking forward to i already i already have my model kit I can see it. it's right there i'm like touching the box right there that's the one i'm gonna be painting the inner kit on <laughs> oh that's a that's a that's gonna be fun man that's gonna be fun um you know because i've been thinking about delving into the painting of the 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 gumpla stuff here lately but they're just so big and i'm so used to painting like because i've painted God, way too many miniatures but they're so big like you know it's like geez like yeah <laughs> once you start you're so used to painting on a small scale to paint something bigger yeah i'm sure it might be I don't know if it'd be easier, but just like I look at it, I'm like, I know how long it takes me to paint something that's like this big. So like, how long is it going to take me to build, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're doing it by hand, it might take a little bit longer. But if you get into an airbrush, I mean, it's just like <laughs> done. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you makes a good kit, man? You hear people say, you know, oh, this is a good kit. This is a bad kit. Like what makes a, a kit that's like good for you? Honestly, like for me, it's just like, does this kit look cool? 
Yeah. Great. I'll buy it. Same. <laughs> <laughs> it. Well, because like ultimately, you know, I, I started looking to be like, oh, people say this is a good kit. And I'd look at it and I'm like, I, I don't want to build that. That yeah. doesn't look like something I want to build. So I kind of got into some kits that are just like, you know, and eh. I stopped like midway through. I stopped. And some people are like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, I can do whatever I want. I didn't enjoy it. So I stopped the kit, you know. And so I think part of it was me just not being able to fix some of the problems that I ran into because um, my first real grade was actually um, falling apart at the seams and I, like, I'm like I'm not liking this real grade and people are like no that it's just the model kit and it's kind of falling apart here so I learned that eventually you know like yeah there are kits that are better than others and I think the thing that kind of what makes it a good kit for me is like do I have fun building it and do I like the way it looks yeah you know and so a lot of people they'll post that in the group like hey is this a good kit good kit to buy you know a lot of people would be like solid kit because it doesn't fall apart on you you know and that's kind of like one of the biggest things i want yeah. i like i don't want my kit on my shelf i look at it and then something pops off i'm like oh <laughs> yeah i got a couple of those man <laughs> <laughs> so solid builds having fun with it doesn't fall apart looks good on the shelf that's what i look for i've got one uh one category i look for and that is uh big i like a big model if it's big and dumb i love it the bigger <laughs> the dumber the better uh, there's something about it i'm like oh that thing like it doesn't the whole thing doesn't have to be big but like you can have a yeah. dumb big dumb sword or a huge gun and i'm like <laughs> that that it could be terrible to build but if i can get it to stand on its shelf and look big and dumb I'm sold. <laughs> I actually, I was actually in a phase like that for a little while, for a little while now. Just like, which, what, where's the biggest box in the store? I want that. That one, yeah, that's <laughs> the one I want. <laughs> what is it? Don't know. I want the big box. <laughs> so, um, so on the whole YouTube front, what's it like having your own YouTube channel, man? You know, I I've never had even thought about doing one of those. <laughs> it, it's fun. Um, it was definitely a new skill set to learn. You know, um filming being comfortable in front of the camera you know it's something that like not all the people realize but like when you're filming and it's just you starting out you're, you're talking to yourself and it's the most it's just the weirdest feeling just like talking to a camera there's no feedback there's no response there's nothing you can drive off of like i see you you're laughing you're having a good time i'm having a good time when you're there in a quiet room and there's no one else to talk to you're like what's going on everybody <laughs> Just everybody, oh, there is no everybody. everybody, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so it it's it's been a learning curve, you know. One being get comfortable getting in front of the camera. Um, another thing is like a lot of the, some of the comments that I get from talking and being on a camera is like, "Hey, you need to slow down. You talk like a million miles an hour." <laughs> and I'm like, oh, "Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I get that a lot." And just like it just comes from you know my nervous tick is that unfortunately that I start to speed up as I start to talk, uh. you know. So. A lot of it, it hurts when you know like when you work in a school and you got to teach kids and you're going blah, 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 and they're like whoa, 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 whoa slow down slow down slow down <laughs> <laughs> so been a new skill set to learn understanding you know how to slow down and be a little bit more presentable you know on the other side of it too is just like i have like just a basic camera that i've had until like i don't have one of those cool fancy flip around screens where i could see so a couple times i'll be like I'll be doing my work and I'll have to like stream just like am I still in frame okay okay I'm still in frame and come back down and then there's a whole editing side where after I've filmed everything so I put it together and so I've been thankful enough I've been getting by with some free um editing software and whatnot but 
all in all, it's been a fun experience. You know, I feel like just like all again, going back to the idea of just having this million random hobbies just kind of lend itself to me kind of being okay with being to YouTube because I've used the camera before. I've built the model kits before. I've dabbled a little bit with film editing for like school and work and things like that. So I have like a little bit of the skill set to just kind of be able to lend itself to me being comfortable just starting and then just kind of going into YouTube. And so since starting the channel, I also had this weird feeling of like I need to to be a little bit more proper out in public like i'm not saying i'm not saying i was like a punk out in public just going up being like hey i'm gonna pants you because i don't know who you are no just like more like you know like when i go to the shops like when i go look for like model kits locally and things like that you know it's like so be more be respectful be presentable and things like that and be more welcoming you can't like some sometimes i'd go in like after work is a bad day i'd walk into the shop and just look and be like i want to buy that but i can't oh just have a grumpy look on my face and be like unwelcome now it's kind of like you know just kind of be more aware of just how i am and kind of you know being like as of right now i'm a school counselor just also kind of knowing that like i could run into my kid at any moment so i gotta make sure i'm not just like being some like guy that they're like hey you're telling us to be kind but then you're not kind (laughs) yeah man i get that i've been kind of having to think about that lately too you know ever since i started the show because you know i'm an affable guy most times but sometimes i'm in a bad mood but then i'm like yeah, I don't want to be that guy, you know. People are just think I'm trying to make big changes. Part of the show for me is making big changes in my life, less being, being less bitter and jaded, which is kind of why I named it that. Um, because I spend my life being grumpy and like being like, but now I'm kind of like, you know what? It's really not all that bad. If you just take a step back, it's really not all that bad. You're just being a grumpy. <laughs> and it's crazy because like that's kind of the things that I'm just kind of teaching other people too. It's just like, let it go. Yeah, you know. Like if something bugs you, yeah, you'll yeah, you'll be mad. Feeling mad is normal. Everybody gets mad, but don't let it don't let five minutes affect the next twenty four hours. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's easier said than done, but if you try to take the active step of pulling yourself out of that situation, it really does help. I've I've picked up a lot of this from my wife. She keeps me very centered. Um, you know, and I just I'll I'll be angry or whatever, and she'd be like, Okay, well, it's over now. And I'd be like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> They're gone now. Why am I mad? They're not even here now. <laughs> Who am I yelling at? You? You've done nothing wrong. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know. It's There's just... a reason we call them our better halves, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She's 100% better than me. Um, <laughs> so when you, uh, what was it like putting up that first video, man? Was it nerve-wracking? Um, For me, it was just kind of just like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So it was really just kind of like, just the idea of just, I'm... I'm out there now, like I'm public because like even up until before then, you know, like I didn't post much. I had a Facebook, but all I did was use it to like send memes to my friends and same thing with Instagram. But then the idea of like being somebody publicly, you know, like putting on a persona, putting out the idea like, hey, this is who I am was kind of really interesting because it's kind of like a little bit of like creating a new identity of like I am a person that's out there that actually exists. I'm not, I'm not just like some guy that's randomly you know, sending memes to his friends. I'm actually like posting things. I'm sharing things. I'm sharing things about myself that I've never shared before. Mm-hmm. And so like, like going back to it, yeah, I'm like the most, I'm the most extroverted introvert you're ever going to meet because like, <laughs> I'm a very private guy. You know, I could sit back here for hours and build and never talk to a single soul and be perfectly happy. Yeah. You know? But being a counselor, you got to be the guy that just like everyone just is willing to come talk to you, come say what they want to and things like that. So, you know, there are days where I'm just like, nope, Everybody, nobody exists to me anymore. I'm going to build today. And there are days when I'm just like, hey, come talk. Let's chat. What do you want to talk about today? Let's go. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Yeah, That's a good way to think about it, you know, because um, I, 
I went first time I hit record on this thing. Oh my god, I was like freaking out. My hands were shaking, and I was just like you, the whole time. I was just like, God, oh, you sound like an idiot. You, I hear myself. Oh, you sound like an idiot. And uh, it just the more I do it, the easier it becomes. It just becomes kind of repetition, and you stop. You take away that like veil of like, oh, you know, I sound weird. Like, okay, well, I sound weird, but this is how I sound. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing I can do about the way I sound because this is how I sound. <laughs> Yeah, I think back to some of the other videos that I've seen, you know, they always say, you know what, done is better than perfect, because if it's if you're trying to wait till you get to your perfect, you're never going to get that video out. So just get it done. Get it out there. You know, if it's not perfect, fine. Adjust. Get a little bit better for your next video. Know what you did wrong. Adjust and just grow. It's all about growing. It's all about getting better. Like no one's going to be perfect right out of the gate. And if they are, then they are one in a million, you know, but everyone, we all got to start somewhere. And if you just go back and look at like, you know, where some people start, you know, some people start a little bit ahead than others. That's might just like where they come from. But, you know, everyone starts at their very worst and they just get better from there. Yeah. And so doesn't matter where you start it's the matter it's the fact that you start and actually work for it <laughs> yeah man I, I absolutely love that i absolutely love that you know we've uh we've touched on this a little bit but you have a, a very deep background in mental health you know um it's, <laughs> you just you, you you seem to bring that in in every like every second i talk to you i just feel like you're gonna hug me and i love it <laughs> <laughs> Only if you only if you ask first. No, but, um, <laughs> so tell me about no, some of these yeah, cool so, jobs you've had, man. You said you told me you were a skills trainer for students with special needs. What does that mean? Yes. That sounds so cool. So um, that started off. I was a the correct the, the official term is a paraprofessional skills trainer, mm-hmm. and what that does is basically students with disabilities, generally um, students with autism or autism spectrum disorder. Um, we help them kind of learn basic life skills and we kind of can help them with, you know, some academics here and there and whatnot. But basically, they have an individualized education plan and that we try to execute what they need um, in order to make gains in whatever area they need to, whether it be behavioral, whether it be social, um, whether it be academic and things like that. And so, you know, it sometimes it can be something as basic as, okay pull your pants down. Okay, go to the bathroom. Okay, pull it up. Let's go wash our hands. Turn the water on, get soap, scrub, 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 rinse off, get paper towel. It could be something as basic as that, or it could be something as simple as, or um, more complex and where you sit down and you start teaching them how to speak to somebody else. You know, one of them is like, hey man, what's going on? Good. You going to ask me that? Oh, (laughs) hey, what's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing today? I'm good. (laughs) Oh, oh, how are you? You know, and so it can be like they range from anywhere from just like needing basic life skills all the way up to you know they're they're functioning in society, but they just need a little bit of help understanding more social cues, and that's more just kind of the disability and things like that. And so I enjoyed working with students, but um, I left that because it was just it wasn't anything that I do that I didn't like the job or anything. It's just it wasn't stable. Um, I just had the unfortunate luck of a draw where every time a case would open up, it'd be a military family and living in Hawaii, it's not a permanent station here. So a lot of them would come, they'd be here for a couple months and they'd leave. And so mm-hmm. one of the hardest things for me was I never got to develop like that connection with that one student. And yeah. um, once a month, we'd have like a debrief where we'd sit down and we'd talk about, you know, what things are working, what things aren't working and what we could do. And just for me to go to that and hear like, oh, I've been working with my kid for three years and he went from not being able to do these things to being able to do all of this great stuff. And for me, it's just like my last student was great. I don't know who my next student's going to be. And yeah. so, yeah, because you weren't getting the the length of time needed to, I guess, help them further, you know, because sometimes it takes longer. That's not their fault. That's no one's fault. 
you know yeah just, and you know i just i just never had the chance to see that growth and i just it just kind of broke my heart whenever just be like hey we're doing so good okay we gotta leave now i'm like yeah. oh, oh i wish you oh i miss you guys i'm always gonna remember you guys so yeah. you know i remember all the different ones that i had you know like i even remember my very first one where like the very first day i went you know he punched me in the stomach and headbutted me but hey you know <laughs> that's, that's what he needed he needed somebody to just like make sure that you know he's there and he's doing his thing and whatnot so you know it was definitely something that i enjoyed it's definitely something that i will never forget and it's something that i feel like you know anyone who's in that job definitely is underappreciated mm. you know and just so whenever i see like skill trainers and things like that just checking on them hey how you doing you know what's going on yeah 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 absolutely man absolutely how did you get into that you just fell into it you just went to school for it or so if i were to tell you the full story it started off when i was in high school <laughs> and um it's going back to like one of the hobbies that i mentioned earlier it was like I, I used to be a drummer and things like that so i'd play drums and so i was um i was in the high school band and i actually joined my junior year but i missed the tryouts because i was on a trip and so i didn't get to make the drum line so all of junior year going into senior year i was just practicing 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 to try out then summer before senior year came around they had tryouts and they picked a freshman over me so they can keep him for four years and so i was just like okay well i'm not going to stick around for that so yeah. i left and I went to go see my school counselor at the time and I was like, okay, I want to change my school. I want to change my schedule so I can get, you know, I can get auto tech because it's a chill, easy A. I go down to the, I go down to the tech shop and I just build whatever, you know, <laughs> and then um, I, um, it was between him and my vice principal and um, my counselor's getting up and he, but they started talking a little bit. They started talking about other things and whatnot. And then the vice principal was like, okay, done. Bye. Next. I'm like, oh. so I got my vice principal <laughs> and I sit down with her and be like, you know what would look good? If we gave you some extra English classes. And I'm like, oh, I don't want English classes, though. She's like, no, it'll look good in transcript. And you know what? You know what? Why don't we put in psychology in there? So I'm like, uh, okay, fine. And so I got into psychology. I took my the, the psychology class and the teacher that I had, um, Mr. Kauka, um, was a great, great teacher. He was hilarious. And every time I come to class, he'd be like, get the fuck out of here. You belong in my AP class. I'm just like, oh, how dare you swear at me? Okay. <laughs> I took this regular psychology class. And then because of his, um, we'll call it gentle coaching, I joined his AP <laughs> class. And then from there, um, I went on to college. I was initially looking into going into medical fields. Um, I failed chemistry twice. So I was just like, that's not my thing. And I remembered how much fun I had in psychology. And so I went into that for my undergraduate degree. So did that, got my got my bachelor degree, came home. And that summer, my dad's like, all right, time for you to get a job. I'm like, okay, start looking. And the first job I ended up finding that I could apply my bachelor's degree was the skills trainer working with students with special needs. And so that's kind of how that whole thing kind of um, developed from me going from wanting to be in the drum line to being a skills trainer and so <laughs> long story but it's all it's weird how just everything's connected yeah 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 you know and you never really hear stories about teachers actually doing the at least not in my area teachers actually doing the right thing and putting kids where they need to go you know uh yeah. <laughs> you could have been in you know you could have made the drum line and then you could have went to that auto class and it would have been fine and you wouldn't even be you wouldn't have had the life experience that you have now it, but because that one teacher was like well, maybe. And then that one teacher took time and then kind of forced you, sounds like, and to keep <laughs> being better, you know, it, it completely changed your life. And that that's awesome, man. That's so cool. <laughs> um, so after you 
uh, had to stop doing the uh, skills trainer job because they kept breaking your little heart. Um, you went to become a representative payee for adults. What is that, man? <laughs> okay, so a representative payee. So what happens is there are adults who receive disability benefits from the government or they receive um, supplemental security income where basically the government gives them money to live because they're not able to function on their own in yeah. the most general sense, right? And unfortunately for a lot of these adults, they don't have the ability to manage their own finances. They don't have the ability to understand that I need to save money so I can, you know, pay for my apartment, pay for a place to stay, buy food and things like that. And a lot of them will blow it on many different things, you know, and like, unfortunately, that's not always the most, you know, beneficial things to them. We've had a lot of um, adults that had um, substance abuse issues and things like that. And so it just came down to they don't have the family members here, the support structure to have somebody manage it for them. So we as a company, as a nonprofit company, would um, manage the money for them and it had to be a hundred percent transparent i mean like you're receiving money from the government to spend on this individual we had to track like every penny where every penny went and things like that and you know for adults with disabilities that aren't able to manage their funds they don't always save the receipts you know so when you give them like a hundred dollar check to be sure that they can able to you know if they want to buy some extra snacks for the week you know it's like hey can we get those receipts back so we could show that you actually used it for that you know yeah and they don't always give you the receipts back and so it just comes down to just like okay we got to make sure that they manage their funds but <laughs> it's just it was just an interesting thing to just kind of see like going from working with students where you could see like we can make growth we can make progress this is all great it's working with adults it's just like we need to get them at a base level where they're just living comfortably yeah and i got a lot of experience out of that especially handling like adults who are having breakdowns adults who are having episodes and things like that adults who you know are delusional and believe like we're stealing money from them and it's like no here look here's the ledge of the breakdown this is how much money you got this month this is where, where it went this is what we needed to pay this is how much you have left and they're like no 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 i have eight billion dollars in that account and yeah. you're showing me two thousand oh, no no something's not adding up yeah yeah it's like I'm sorry, you don't have $8 billion. This is how much you have here. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's got to take so much patience. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it's it's important. Like, you know, you don't think about that, but that's definitely a, a thing that needs to be out there. Like, these poor people, like, some of them, you know, um, I, I work in retail, and there's a there's a, um, a couple people who have special needs that come into my store, and I know that they must have somebody with them um, because uh, – they come in every day. They buy the little thing and they leave. They're great. They're hilarious. Some of them hilarious. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. And they, uh, but you, you, like, I can understand where it would be super difficult because you know, money is one of those things. I don't even want to talk to anybody about money. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if someone else was managing my money, I might have, I, I might have problems with it too, man. <laughs> so, what were the people like? Were they, were they like cool? Were like most of them like receptive of your help or? We. <laughs> we had the whole we had the whole gambit of it. We had people that are just like, hey, yeah, what? Oh, check got lost in the mail. That's fine. Just send another one. I'll get it when I get it. You know. Yeah. So that person who's like, you sent out the you sent out the check yesterday. It has been an entire twenty four hours. It didn't get it. You are stealing from me. You know. <laughs> so we had the whole gambit of it. And so being able to kind of work, you know, it's thankful that you know a lot of them, you know, like can understand that, like, oh, hey, you know, we're not stealing your money. We can we're, we're here to help and things like that. And so a lot of them just kind of just being transparent with them being patient with them and just letting them know look i'm on your side i really want to help you but you have to understand that this is the reality of it and i know it's hard and i know you might not completely understand it but just know that i'm here to help i'm not here to steal from you yeah you know the last thing i'd want to do is to hurt somebody who you know doesn't who you know is ultimately having such a rough time and some 
you know, just sitting down with him and just kind of being that friend that they need and just somebody that they can trust was kind of the was the big thing that I got out of it. And so, you know, and there'll be days where someone will come in and they'll be like combative and wanting to start throwing some fists. But then you're like, hey, no, no, no. Like, hey, like, look, look, look. Just take a minute, take a second to breathe, you know, calm down a little bit. And this is the stuff that I'm teaching my kids now. Like, calm down. <laughs> Let's think this through. Okay. We sent the checkout yesterday, right? We sent the checkout. It needs to go to the mail man. The mailman needs to take it from where we are to where you are. And then from where you are, they have to give it to you. So it takes a little bit more than a day sometimes. So just be a little bit patient. If you don't get it by this date, then come back and let me know and we'll go ahead and do this. So we'll, we'll figure out what we need to do next, you know? And some of them were really receptive to that. And other ones are just like, nope, you're stealing from me. I want my money now. <laughs> <laughs> What's like the training like? Do you like, do, is there any training for that? Or are they just like, well, he went to school for this so he can handle it? Or was it like a, like a, <laughs> like a training process where you like with a more experienced person and they were just like he's fine he's got it <laughs> <laughs> well it wasn't really training per se it was more just like before i was actually the representative of pe i started off as the program assistant so i was just kind of doing like just the clerical work just maintaining the logs of everything making sure all of our um our client paperwork is in order we have their all their social security numbers their birth certificates we have all that paperwork in order so that was kind of it but part of that was just kind of also being the person that goes out to see them because a lot of times the representative payees were so busy like making sure that the checks go out on time making sure that the funds we receive the funds on time and if there's ever like a hang-up or an issue or there's a dispute from social security we gotta make sure we handle it on time and so my job as a program assistant was to be able to go out and like talk to them and let them know hey okay excuse me the representative payee says you know, they sent it out already. You just got to be patient. And eventually when um, a position opened up and I filled that spot, I still continue to just kind of go out and still see them. And so it wasn't so much a training more. So just like, I already had the experience. So let's just kind of keep you working on it there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got you. Man. I got you. I was just wondering, you know, that's just what I like. I like to think of weird questions. And I was just like, you know, cause like retail, they kind of just push you out there. They're like, whatever. And I kind of think that's how they do everyone, <laughs> but I'm glad that there was, like, you know, they could help you out a little bit, but. <laughs> yeah and for like the really 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 hard ones i can always go to like our behavioral health specialist and be like hey i kind of need a little bit of help here do you mind helping me and she she was always great just like oh yeah of course come on let's go let's go talk yeah yeah awesome. you know and she always great and so you know even just by observing her i picked up a little things and things like that and then so you know the representative pay program was great but you know it was just it was just so much work and you know it was non-profit so i mean just working non-profit pay isn't always the most amazing thing but yeah. you do it out of the kindness of your heart but for me it was like just working there and things like that it's like i kind of saw that this wasn't going to be a career for me and so as much as i enjoyed helping people and things like that i wanted to do more and again understanding that a lot of it was just kind of just making sure that they have like kind of a baseline of living and not looking for growth. I felt like I missed a lot of that working to see gains that I did with students. So that's kind of why I went back for my master's degree in counseling psychology to um, kind of go back to working with students again. And so from leaving representative payee, I went on to going into my master's program for counseling psychology. And since then, I um, once I finished my program in two years, I went on to being a school counselor, which is where I am today. And you know, last year was my first year as a school counselor, which was a, a crazy first year because um, right after spring break happened, we went straight into lockdown into like no classes, no nothing. And just what do we do to like this school year where it's just like, OK, well, we need to get some learning happening. How do we do that? How do we, you know, balance keeping people safe, but also still making sure that the students aren't just having a year of no learning. And yeah. so like, this 
And then being the school counselor is just like, you know, how are kids handling this whole lockdown, you know? And at first, you know, a lot of kids are like, yeah, you know, school. So now they're just like, I miss my friends. I I feel lonely. You know, I want to see people and things like that. And so, you know, we're slowly making gains and things like that. And as far as, you know, making sure that everyone stays safe and making sure we, you know, follow social distancing guidelines and whatnot, you know, like we're slowly making gains to getting the students on back on campus. And it's great, you know, because I miss my students. I miss seeing them just like waving at them from across the hall, yelling there. And I'm like, hey, hey, I, you know, just being the counselor that they could just be like, just, you know, get to know and talk to and things like that. So yeah, I miss my students and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And that's something, you know, I, when this whole lockdown thing went down, you know, I was, at first I was like these kids, you know, I was like, you know, I, I was just imagining myself, man, if I was in school, boy, I'd be chilling, we'd be playing video games. But, you know, I didn't think about how much I'd miss my friends, you know, because when you're a kid, that's your outlet. Like going to school is like, you know, kids hate it. They hate it or whatever. But like they hate the school part, but they like their friends. Even if you got one mm-hmm. friend, you got that one friend, yeah. you know, and you're getting out and it's not someone that like you're not just talking to your mom every day or your dad every day, you know, or your sisters. It's like this is my friend and we get to joke around. And he gets my jokes. She gets my jokes. And it's something that she just can't, you know, like it's just crazy when now, now everything's all over zoom calls and stuff like that. How am I supposed to be the class clown on a zoom call? <laughs> <laughs> and if you think of it this way too, like when a kid is in school, they're in school for a third of their day, right? Yeah. The third of the day spent sleeping a third of the day is at school. And then a third is like at home getting ready to go to school the next day, you know? And so when you take away that structure of a third of their day and now they're just kind of like, I got to figure out what to do with that. Those, you know, like, from like 7.45 to 2.45 where normally I'd be in school and see my friends. What do I do now? You know, and some kids, you know, at first they start filling it up with like all the boys, like all the, all my students are just like, oh, we're playing games all day, yeah. you know. But even even games get tiring, you know, even your favorite things that you do, sometimes you get a little bit tired of it and you want something else, you know. And so really right now it's kind of reminding the students like, hey, I know you're bored and I know school isn't your favorite thing, but come show up. Yeah. See what we're doing here and see if you can find something that like you can, you know, even if you're just seeing your friends via Zoom call, you could see your friends. Come say hi, you know, and I have some students that are just like, yeah, I, I want to see my friends. I'll, I'll show up to school now because I get to see my friends. I get to see the people that I miss. Yeah, that, that's super cool, man. That's super cool. Well, hopefully things will start, you know, we're, we're hopefully getting closer to some sort of end of this and maybe at least for the kids can can get back to somewhat normal, you know, because it's crazy out there, man. It's crazy out there. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, always just reminding them, you know, like even though we're apart, we're never alone. We're always somebody here for you. You know, if you feel like you need to talk, that's what I'm here for. You want to talk about stuff? Let's talk. You know, I found out one of my students builds Gundam too. And I was yeah. just like, yo, show me what you're building. Let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Y'all be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> So besides being the most lovable person I've ever talked to, you're also into uh, airsoft, man. You're into like crazy like plastic bullets. You know those you can shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> yeah, no. that that one is interesting because like it it happened from like a birthday party that I went to in um, I think it was like middle school. It was just like I went to my first airsoft game and a birthday party, and I was just like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> so what so is it exactly? Is it paintball but with less paint? More paint? So. Um, <laughs> Airsoft, airsoft is defined as like shooting a plastic six millimeter BB using compressed air. And so inside the guns in and of themselves, they have like gearboxes and things like that, where it's basically a piston that um, cranks back and lets go. And basically the compressed air that it builds up inside of it pushes the BB out forward. And so um, people have built guns that shoot, you know, like shoot anywhere from like 200 feet per second all the way up to like 
you know, 400, 500, 600 when you're talking about like trying to, you know, snipe and things like that. And so like a lot of fields, because they're so modular and people can change them out, they have a lot of field limits and field rules as far as what's the safe range for you to be your gun to be shooting up based on whether the distances that they are, you know, playing at and also what the insurance companies allow them to let people to play at. <laughs> and so... Like for me, like a lot of the a lot of the fields that we have here, because the island's so small, we have a lot of smaller fields. So we play on a little bit of a lower um, speed for like the lower FPS or feet per second that we shoot at, you know, so that it's, you know, we're not, again, we're not aiming to hurt each other. We're aiming to, you know, have fun. And so I think like, you know, initially when I first got into the hobby, there was like this trend of like, can I make the gun that hurts the most? <laughs> and I didn't like, I didn't like that. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to play with you. That's, that's scary. Yeah, I don't want to get hurts. shot. Yeah. So like. <laughs> Like we, we play because we don't get we play because we don't get hurt. We play because we don't want to get hurt. We play because we want to have fun. And so yeah. as kind of the community's gone on, kind of just me as I started learning more about the mental health, it's just kind of like I wanted to start helping people in airsoft too. You know, <laughs> and so like some one of the fields that I used to play at up until, you know, the pandemic started was like I'd go out and I'd play and I'd play like with all of my friends and things like that. But every once in a while I'd stop. I go jump into a public game with some other people and I just see some of the kids that are just starting out. I'm like, hey, come here, let's get you dialed in, let's get you set and going, you know? <laughs> and so I remember the first time that I did it, I brought this kid over, like he's taking his gun, he's like aiming it up into the sky, like lobbing his BBs because it's like his gun, his gun's not reaching. I'm like, what you doing? He's like, my, my BBs aren't reaching. I'm like, okay, let me show you this thing. So inside the guns, they have this thing called the hop up, which puts backspin on the BBs and be it by some magic and science and things like that, it makes the BB shoot straighter and goes further, uh -huh. right? Well, kid didn't know what that was. So I opened his gun up. I shot him here, take this, push it this way. Did that. He starts shooting it, starts going straight. And I'm like, okay, a little bit more. Starts shooting straighter. It goes in a little further, going a little bit further. And this kid is like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I can start shooting straight now. He's like, I could see, like, even through his mask, because he had like a full paintball mask and everything. Even through his full paintball mask, you see his face lighting up, like, oh, it can do that. You know? That's <laughs> so cool. His excitement. I felt good because it's just like he didn't know that and he would have never have known that because no one would have taken the time to show him that and so I started taking more time to just be like yo I'll play a little bit I'll go have fun but then what I got the most benefit out of and the most fun out of was when I'd see some kids like they just trying or like some kids that just like they're struggling and be like hey come here look down this corner if you see anybody move you start shooting and they're like all right I got this you know <laughs> and then I I did them like I got one I got one I'm like yeah you did you know <laughs> And because they got pumped, I got pumped. And so I just like, like I said, I just I just love being everyone's hype man, you yeah, know. Like, yeah. I, but I want everybody to get better, you know. I just want everybody <laughs> to just enjoy what we have here because just like a lot of people, like I've seen it, just like are down, they're sad, they're bummed about things, and they let things get to them. And I just gotta remind them, you know, like not everything is horrible, not everything is bad. We just gotta take some time to remind ourselves, hey, things are gonna be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when you're when you're shooting these uh plastic BBs, man, does it hurt? Does it like does it suck? <laughs> when I first started playing, it sucked. You know, <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if it's just because I got older and you know, like I'm tougher. just becoming an old grand man and I'm getting tougher, or if it's just that, like the more I play, like the less it actually hurts. But you know, we're still shooting the same speeds that I first started playing at, and so I think just more, just like as you kind of get used to it, it doesn't bother you as much. Just kind of like you know, like people with like MMA or things like that. You know, the first punch is going to rock your world, but after that, it's just like oh, it's just. You kind of nicked me there. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think just, I kind of got more used to it. And so I remember when I first started playing, like even in Hawaii, it's still hot year round, 70 yeah. degrees, 60 degrees if it's a really cold day. 
I'd still remember running around with a t-shirt, a jacket on, and like jeans and things like that, and like still being hurt. But now it's just like, all right, t-shirt shorts, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because I've been shot with BBs before, and it was uh, it wasn't fun. I wasn't like, oh, let's go do this, you guys. I was like, no, let's, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, and baby. so we're the. <laughs> so where the real fun comes in is like when I what I started to find really fun is like when my friends and I would start to like what they call is like the military simulation. And that's a side of Aristotle that's like really into about like the idea of like you get to be part of an actual unit, like um imagining that you're gonna be doing an operation like they would do in real life and you're gonna go out and do like these missions and things like that. And so the idea of moving with your friends in a tactical way, and I say it with air quotes, like a tactical way, it's just like because we don't there's no training that goes into it, but we do what we think has worked. We learn like what has worked and things like that you know and so we start to move in a way that's a little bit more smoother we're not just like we're not just like sticking our head out around a bunker and like is there anyone over there for them to shoot us in the face you know <laughs> but we start to move we start to do things that are a little bit more tactically sound like instead of instead of just like stepping out from around the corner we what they call pie the corner where we kind of aim down and we go around the corner a little bit more with our gun up so it's just like in case there's somebody there we're ready to fight and we're not just like uh oh, 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 you know, and so, yeah, it's you know, just like moving with your friends and like going through it and like doing something and trying to, you know, like play where we try to go as far as long as we can without getting shot, you know, and like actually doing, you know, playing and not just hiding behind a bunker and just like shooting out <laughs> randomly, but like how can we move? How can we play in a way that's going to get us a benefit, a, a tactical advantage, whether it be like we get in a position where they, we just pin them down or something like that. And so trying to find like that strategy that works for us was kind of the thing that I found fun, like when I started to play with my friends. But again, as time went on, my bigger my bigger fun I had was when I could see kids that are just starting up in the hobby, you know, just like they their faces light up because they had fun and then they yeah. want to come back. You know? And so for me, it was just like I always see, you know, with any hobby, you're going to find gatekeepers, like the guys that are just like, I'm better than you. And if you don't know what you're doing, you don't along here yeah and i've always i've always never liked that mentality it's just like if you do that to everybody you're never going to have anyone to play with yeah you know (laughs) you know if if you do that to everyone that tries to come into gundam gunpla even you know it's just like you're there's going to be no one to buy the model kits and therefore the company is going to be like well if no one's buying it we're not going to make them anymore yeah yeah yeah. that's how you kill communities you know it's crazy (laughs) yeah and especially with the small community here on the island it's even more so you got to be welcoming because it's not like where you know i can jump in my car and drive so many miles and i'll be in a different city different country or county sorry and be like okay hey there's a bunch of people here that love it i'm here on this island i gotta make sure make do with what i got you know and so you know and jumping into the facebook groups i'm able to connect with more people you know, around the world and even like even in the United States. I mean, like, that's how you found me, you know, <laughs> and just connecting with people is just something that I want to do. I just want people to know that there are people out there that still want to help people. There are still people out there that, you know, they're still good out in this world. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, man. <laughs> so you ever, because those things look pretty serious. You know, uh, one of your videos, you have this big, big old crazy looking thing behind you. And uh, <laughs> it just looks insane. Do you ever get any like crazy looks from people that are just like, you know, this guy looks like he's going to war and he's really going to, well, I mean, he's going to war. But <laughs> you ever get any deal with any of that? Um, so a lot just like with real guns you want to treat them as such you know and so when you're out and about like in the community i'm not going to be walking around with that thing slung over my shoulder i'll put it in a bag you know i'll carry it to the field as if i was carrying it to like a range and everything where you know it's out of the public eye because there's still like the conceptions of like oh guns are evil and things like that and it's no it's not that guns are evil it's just that people do bad things with it you know and it's really good when you see like kids coming out to the airsoft field because it's starting to show that people are starting to see the gun culture as not something that is 
um, mystical evil. It's something that's misunderstood and needs to be taught properly. Mm. And it's especially true for like younger kids, you know, like they hear a lot of the stories of like, oh, um, this kid found their dad's gun and they injured themselves or a friend with it. And it's just like that could have been avoided one if the parents you know took care of it properly but two it's just like if you teach them how to understand that you know this isn't just a toy like even airsoft guns you know people think it's just a toy it's no it's not a toy you know it can do some serious damage it needs to be treated as such and so shifting that mindset away from like this is this mystical evil thing is um this is a tool that needs to be understood and how it's used you know that's kind of where that shift needs to come from and so you know even with something as crazy as like that big like lmg you know like if I'm out, if I'm out in public, it's in a bag. It's hidden away, so people just see a giant thick duffel bag. I mean, there's no, there's no mysticism as far as what's in there. There's a gun in there, right? yeah, yeah. But they don't see what it is, and I can just be like, okay, look, it's in a, it's in a bag. We're you know, good. I'm taking yeah. it, I'm taking it straight into that store right over there. I'm not <laughs> busting it out or anything. But um, when it comes to like walking around with that gun on the field, everyone sees that LMG. They're like, oh, I want that guy on my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, is this is this hobby like super expensive? Like, do you have to? dump like crazy amounts of money or is it like a i don't know like an entry grade <laughs> <laughs> so there are um when it comes to airsoft like in the past years a lot of the guns that have come out to um like to be bought right off the shelf have actually gotten a lot better and so back in the day when you first started like they were kind of okay the accuracy wasn't that great and you kind of had to do a little tinkering to get them to shoot right and spend a little bit extra money aside from the initial cost of just purchasing the gun um your safety equipment such as your face mask and um, your goggles and things like that to protect yourself after that like ultimately the only cost you really have are bbs and you know field entry fees and whatever it costs to get you to, to the field if you got to drive or whatnot but you know, compared to things like paintball and things like that, BBs are cheap. It's like for 15 bucks, you can get, you know, like 5,000 BBs or versus like paintball, you get like a thousand for like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. That's what the, at least that's the prices here. So it's cheaper in that aspect. But, you know, guns right out of the gate have gotten so much better that you can buy a gun right off the shelf and you can you can play with the best guys who spent like I have I have guns that are worth over like a thousand dollars worth more than some real guns, you know, <laughs> but like it they don't perform any better. I mean, they look so much cooler, but they don't perform any better um any more so than the new guns that have been coming out straight off the shelf and things like that and so i think you know a lot more people can see it as like this the initial barrier to entry yes it's the cost of the gun but after that like it's really not that expensive to play anymore because you charge a battery you buy your bbs you pay the field fee and you can play all day oh okay that's that's cool that's good to hear that's good to hear because you know like i said i seen that thing in the back of your video and i was like oh that looks expensive now my favorite question my favorite question to ask anybody who's in a hobby is uh, i could have asked this with any one of your other hobbies but i kind of want to know uh what's is it is there like a, a piece of equipment that's like ridiculously expensive because like some other episodes you know i had a guy told me about darts there's apparently like 600 dollars dart sets people are buying 20 dollars trail mix my buddy bailey's got you know two two three four thousand dollar bikes like is there like <laughs> like what's the like gold standard flex um airsoft gun man <laughs> so it's really it's really not the gun that people flex with it's everything else that people flex with and but I, what i mean by that is people will take like real like real steel counterparts like real like um holographic sites and put them on their airsoft guns people will take like yeah no i'm serious and this comes down to like the military simulation community where people will have like you know real devices like some people even go into like the military simulation things wearing ten thousand dollar night vision equipment to go play airsoft no way i'm, I'm that serious and that's but that's that's the culture around you know playing the military simulation side you yeah. know and so like for me like yeah i buy i buy equipment like 
because like it works for me it's comfortable you know i buy stuff that i know like if i buy once you know it's not going to fall apart on me and things like that you know yeah. but also if you want to if you want that big flex on people you come out with like real real con real steel counterparts on your soft guns wow that's so and cool I'll, I'll be honest i'm i'll be honest i'm guilty of it i've done it because like it's just like it's like oh come on look that's that's a real thing come on look how cool that is all right fess <laughs> up man what you got what you got <laughs> As far as like real steel stuff, um, I have some real optics, like some real. Um, I have a real EOTech holographic site. I have the real magnifier for that. Um, I don't have night vision goggles. Those are one. Those are outside of my price range. And two, it's um, not something that I could use normally here because here on the island there aren't like a big military simulation community because there's not the big enough place to play. Yeah. And so you know, I think like honestly, my biggest, the biggest, you know, flex I would say would be like actually it would be this like plate carrier that i have over here and like this like a camo pattern and whatnot it's just like, <laughs> one of those where it's like really hard to find now because everyone's buying it up because yeah. of the whole idea of like oh world's going crazy we need to defend ourselves and oh, things yeah. like that so i've got a couple things that are more they're not so much um expensive they're more just like hard to find yeah i just love that question for some reason you know it's just everyone's hobby there's always like something it could be anything and they'd be like you know what yeah there's actually this you know this expensive thing that you don't really need but if you like you want to show yeah. people, <laughs> I and I mean, it. like, I'll, I'll be honest too. Like, a couple of the um, airsoft guns that I have, they're like, they're like a thousand something dollars. But like, as the as the new guns are coming out, it's like they don't perform any better. Yeah. yeah, they sound cooler. Yeah, they look cooler. Yeah, they can take the real like real gun parts and put them on there. But as far as performance goes, no, go buy that three hundred dollar one. It'll work just as good as this and <laughs> last you just as long. And <laughs> it doesn't cost you. It doesn't cost you that airsoft gun to fix this one. <laughs> oh man that's super cool that's super cool well if you can believe it man we've been on this thing for a little over an hour you know time flies when you're having fun so before we do any of the cool end of episode stuff please plug all that cool stuff you've been doing man plug the youtube plug instagram facebook at your, your best friend i don't care whatever you want <laughs> well i have to like we mentioned earlier about our better house i need to say thank you to my girlfriend Kaimi. if you're listening to this podcast which i think you might later on I miss you. Thank you for supporting me and my journey through YouTube and things like that. And for all of you guys that have come over from my YouTube channel, or for those of you who don't know who my YouTube channel is, I'm the Plamo Therapist on YouTube. You can find me on Instagram at Plamo Therapist, one word. And yeah, that's kind of just my plug here. I'm trying to keep it a little humble here. But, you know, I'm so I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I'm the one meeting you, the celebrity here. <laughs> oh, you're so nice. You're so nice. Oh my god, you watch his videos. If you listen to this, watch his videos. Even if you don't care about Gundam, he just you, you'll see the guy's face, and you're just gonna want to hug him. And it's just I don't know. I just was like immediately like I got I got to mess this guy. He just seems so cool. <laughs> so um. As promised, I was going to give you a final question, and you, sir, have listened to one of my more recent episodes, so you know where this question is coming from. What is your yep. favorite song right now? Right now. Favorite song right now. So this morning I listened to it. I was kind of like, because I've been listening for a little while, and I was like, oh, I know this question is going to come. So this morning <laughs> I went down to go grab some energy drinks to help wake myself up. I looked and I just took my Spotify, pressed randomly, and the song that came on was like an older song, and I was just like, "Yeah, this works." And so it's "Catch Me If You Can" by Baby Metal. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, that song <laughs> rules. That song rules. I, you That's you give me a hint earlier about Baby Metal, and I was like, "Oh my god, my wife's gonna love that. She loves it." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So what I'll do is I'll put that on the uh, the old playlist. Um, it's actually on Spotify now. I keep forgetting. I'm terrible about this. I keep forgetting to plug 
the uh, playlist. I've, I've gotten it, there's like 40 songs on there now. Um, it's called the oh. Jenna named it. Uh, it's called the Bitter and <laughs> Bitter and Jaded, the original motion picture soundtrack. Um, and it's got My Little Bird <laughs> yeah. logo on there, and it's got all you guys' songs and all the ones from the future, and it's all in this one playlist. And it's weird, wackadoo nonsense. There's musicals. <laughs> there's metal. There's now baby metal. Um, you know, it it, it stems yeah. everything, and it, it's so cool just to figure out what other people's music are and like i love doing this show but this music thing is becoming like like my one of my favorite things it's so awesome so check it out <laughs> if you're out there check it out and before i let you go bud i've got that final question are you ready all right all right let's go so if you could have any model kit ever made which one would you get and why oh any model kit ever made <laughs> and why well Honestly, right now there's this one. It's 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 so silly to kind of think about it, but it's just it's not even a fancy one. It's not even this crazy cool one. It's just one that I saw that I'm like, oh, I want it so bad. And um, it's funny because <laughs> I got banned on Facebook for mentioning this, but um, it's called it's called the Gushin. It's from the Iron Blooded Orphan series of Gundam. And basically, what I said was like, no, I want the Fat Boy Gushin. And Facebook's like, that's bullying. We need to shut that down. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, Facebook, no. I, I, no. I'm sorry. I meant that as a term of endearment. I meant, I meant it like, 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 like. I love the fat boy. It's just like, no, it's bullying. I'm like, oh man. So I, I had to wait. I had to wait my 24 hours in Facebook jail, and then I, I initi- I put an apology out on the Gunpla Network community. And everyone was just laughing at it. Like, what? <laughs> so funny, See, mine personally, I like to answer all these questions. Mine, no one, no one doesn't know this but you. But uh, look it up. It's the HG Neo Zeong. It's gigantic. It's the one that you can fit a oh, Gundam in yeah. the Gundam, and it's like the size yeah. of like two toddlers. And I want it yeah. so bad because it's so stupid. I uh, just. Like I said, big dumb Gundams, and that's the literal biggest dumbest Gundam, <laughs> and I want it so bad. But it's like four hundred bucks. That's not not out of these pockets, man. Not out of these pockets. <laughs> Is there a kit kit you wish they would make? Like the one you like fiending for? <laughs> um. So if I go back to the conversation about perfect grades, I haven't bought any. But if they make a perfect grade Sazabi, which is like this big giant yeah. red one. That and a perfect grade, I would buy like five just so I can build it five times. <laughs> oh, that thing would be massive, massive. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with the, the only correct answer, which is the Nether Gundam, the Windmill Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only one. I, they'll never make it because I uh, guess they don't want to make me happy. But I, mean, I, wanna... I mean, if they want if you want to go crazy, we also got Tequila Gundam oh, out there too. Oh, yeah, they would—they wouldn't be able to put that out. If they, Facebook's canceling you for calling them and, and endearingly calling them the, the the Fat Boy Gundam, you're not going to be able to get yeah. the Tequila Gundam out there. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, that's awesome. Well, again, thanks, man, for coming on the show. It's been awesome. If you're out there and you're you're listening to me and you want to come on my show, please do. It's not hard. I promise. Just email me. I got a website. It's www.bitterandjadedpodcast.com, or you can email me directly at bitterandjadedpodcast at gmail.com. Just like my buddy Taz did here, we, we knocked it out. It was no problem at all. We got to talk about Gundams. Someone actually wanted to talk about Gundams with me, and it was the best. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, uh, I, I, I don't know how to end the episode. I'm working on it. I got some things in the work. I tried something the other day, and I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. So I'm going to do my old standby and throw it to you, man. How would you like to end the show? 
I'm going to I'm going to steal my own my own outro for my videos. But guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you guys found some value in this content here. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. And we'll see you in the next one. <laughs> it's so cool. Oh, man. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks, man. You're the best. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>